I supposed to be the franchise player and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Yeah. Not a game, not a game. Not a game. Slap that like she scored 30. What are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here. Welcome back to We Talking About Sports. You're here joined by Justin Martinez, and we got Dr. Saucy himself, the stat king, uh, with us today. And uh, we got Ben. And, um, man, 53-man rosters have been set. And there's a big name who we thought was going to be QB1. And he's been cut. Yeah, preseason battles are over. That's Cam Newton. He's out of the Patriots. They have named their rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, out of Alabama, their starter. Yeah. First takes on that, uh, Ben, and first impressions on that? Big Mac Jones guy this season. Big Mac Jones guy this season. Uh, I don't see that coming, honestly. Um, especially when you look at how the, the play on the field was going for both guys. I thought it was fairly even. I, I don't think Cam played himself out of consideration. Um, I really think it just came down to, you know, him missing a couple of days uh, with COVID. And then, you know, I think the team identifying that there really wasn't too much of a difference between Cam and Mac Newton, Cam and Mac Newton getting the names confused, uh, between uh, Cam and uh, So they decided to go with the rookie. I think that's a smart move. And then as far as cutting Cam, I know some people are talking about his vaccination status. I definitely don't think that helps. I don't know that was like the whole decision, but I think it goes more into the whole thing of like, can you have Cam around as a backup? I think in certain situations, yes, but um, I don't think it's conducive for a rookie. Um, and I don't think it's conducive to his development or a rookie's development to have a guy like Cam looking over your shoulders. Like you kind of get into that Tua, Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. situation. Yep. You kind of want uh, Mac Jones to feel like he's comfortable and doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder anytime he makes a mistake. I think Cam Newton can be a backup with like a solidified veteran um, at the helm, kind of like uh, our Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys, Zach uh, Prescott, and some other teams. So uh, crazy, uh, crazy uh, chain of events. Definitely I, didn't see Cam getting cut coming. I agree that I don't think that it came down to the vaccination uh, status, but I do think that that keeping him off the field and off the practice field and giving Mac Jones all those reps. I mean, he had the best preseason out of any of the rookie quarterbacks. He had a game where he went 27 of 32 uh, on completions. So he had touchdowns in every game that he appeared in. And I mean, he, he won the spot. It's crazy because we were talking about it draft night and we said, this is a very new England, new England Patriots style quarterback. And it just so happened to fall into their lap. They didn't even have to trade up to go get the guy. So seems like a dream scenario right now for the Patriots. Uh, I know everybody was saying it was a dream scenario for them draft night, and they like the guy enough to shit not only start him over Cam, but cut Cam, you know, say yeah. there's not even a threat, you know. It's yours the whole year. They're not going to give it to him, and maybe he tanks or it goes bad, and they let Cam come in. And then they go back away from Cam and, and to him. So it's his job for the whole season as long as he's healthy. Uh, that's what cutting Cam tells us. 
Yeah, and I, and I know uh, things are going to be a lot different in the season, but I do think uh, Mac Jones is set up situationally uh, to succeed in New England right away. I mean, they have a top-five offensive line. At least that's what everybody's been saying all preseason uh, with all those guys, and their defense um, looks pretty good and looks pretty stout um, through the first couple of uh, game uh, weeks of the preseason. So, uh, like I said, I know things are going to change. Mac Jones is a bit of a statue. Uh, in the pocket, so we're going to see how those sack numbers are. Uh, I know I just mentioned they have a good offensive line, but uh, he's not going to give you much in terms of mobility, but I do think he's going to be able to stand in the pocket and, and hit you on those 15-yard digs and hit you on those posts and, you know, make the throws that you're supposed to make within that offense. And, I mean, and he has Josh McDaniels, uh, who's, for all intents and purposes, a pretty good um, offensive coordinator from what we've grown to know about the guy. So I think he's in a good situation, uh, definitely going to be different in the regular season. And I know we kind of, at least I did, I gave the Patriots a mid review in our AFC East review. It has me rethinking it a little bit just because their defense is, is really strong. And I do like Mac Jones in that situation. I, again, I'm down on their, their skill, uh, their skill players. I don't like who they have out on the perimeter, uh, but I do think they can game plan it with those two tight ends that strong offensive line, and a, a solid running game. So, yeah, I'm probably – I would bump up my uh, rating from the the AFC East podcast maybe like one or two wins just based on what's gone down throughout the preseason. The Patriots have uh, impressed me. So sure. I've had them like at eight wins, so I could see them at nine or ten. They're, they're definitely more well-rounded now uh, with, you know, Mac Jones' throwing ability because, to be honest, Cam Newton was spiking balls into the – into the ground, and that had a lot to do with his shoulder surgery. He just never really came back from that. But, Roland, to agree with you as far as how Mac Jones is set up, the Vegas odds makers agree with you. From plus 800 odds for rookie of the year, he goes down to the favorite at plus 250. So we'll, we'll see. They're, they're comparing it to the Herbert situation last year. You know how uh, Tyrod Taylor, you know, right before the game time, Herbert just got the nod when nobody expected it uh, to go in. So let's see if Mac Jones can can deliver for the Patriots. I agree with you. I think that it ups their rating, though. Yep. I think what about you, I, Justin? Are you um, well, surprised? I'm still not sold on Mac Jones' strength of on his arm. He is very accurate uh, that mid to short ball. So I don't think this makes any impact for me as far as what the Patriots over under is going to be. I'm going to leave that the same. Uh, definitely, I see why his odds are going to be higher. He is named the starter. So it makes sense when you get six, 17 games now that you're going to play. I mean, you have a better chance of winning that rookie of the year. So that doesn't make any implications for me there. My biggest takeaway from this whole situation is the Dallas Cowboys. How do you not rush to go sign a decent backup for once in Cam Newton? You go sign Will Greer. Out of Last time I remember Will Greer West from West Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. I haven't seen him since. I don't Big think he's been on the team. Yeah, so, I think he was on the Panthers or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he was, but what I'm saying, he's not He's not an X factor. He's not a viable backup, and there's a viable backup option just sitting there. How do we not go after a guy like that? That's the most yeah. disappointing thing for me we as far as we're going to Cameron cut. This, this preseason definitely made it very evident that the Cowboys need to, you know. Nobody's serviceable back there they, after they that. They don't, and and it's, it's not like you have, you know, the healthiest guy coming in. You know, he's – Coming in off of messed up ankle, now he's having shoulder problems going into the year. He's gonna play, but you gotta have somebody ready there. Like yeah. Cam, it's, Cam, it's definitely, Cam definitely makes sense. 
and I would like to see him get another shot in the NFL because the other thing I was going to talk about was just, you know, how sad this makes me as a Cam Newton fan. And, you know, I've kind of, I've liked him since he was at Auburn. You know, he's, I mean, a one of a kind. I mean, I know we've had Michael Vick, but we've never had a, a six foot six, 250, 260 pound uh, quarterback that can move close to like a receiver. I mean, there's Terrell Pryor, but Cam Newton is levels above uh, Pryor. So uh, Cam Newton in his prime, uh, glad to have been able to watch him. Hope it's not the end for him. Uh, it definitely looks like he still has a little bit left in the tank based on what we saw in the preseason. All right, guys. Also, we have this new show coming up on Sundays. It'll be right before NFL kickoff Sunday mornings. Um, and we're still working out the the plan for the show. We got a few ideas coming in. But what we can guarantee you is we will talk about fantasy football and we'll give out a daily play uh, every plays, Sunday morning. Plays, plays. Yeah, a various plays for Sunday morning. So look out for that. We'll also do some weather talk, um, see what kind of, a, you know, that how that affects the game lines and different things like that. We're going to just do a different approach, but that will be coming up Sunday mornings. I'll have the green screen right here, so I'll be pointing Tim out all Smith, the stuff be, back he'll go here. Dr. Dr. Saucy's extending himself. He's, 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 he's Tim Smith now. It, it yeah. will be a live show, though, right? And did you say that? I, I, I was paying attention, but I don't know if yeah. I caught that. It's going to be a live show. So. Vivo. Yeah. Might have a maybe intrapod little competition, giving out some plays against the spread, yeah. stuff like that. So uh, definitely excited about the Sunday show. What, we're thinking more or less rolling like 10 30 to 11 30 right yeah around that time i mean we're we're all early risers here but want to try and catch you guys like right before game time but also give you enough time uh to put in some plays and make some changes yeah, yeah, yeah we'll put out be. locks during plays and stuff that we have for that too but yeah boys let's get into it we've been going with the top quarterback list top running back list top wide receiver list and we're down to the tight ends so we got the tight end list coming up. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Uh, I think the tight ends, I think this might be the first one that we all have a con consensus, right? Or did we uh, have a consensus for um, the receivers? At number one, I think this is the only one where we have a consensus, number one. Our top yeah. five in the tight ends has been, I mean, everybody had the same five pretty much. It didn't It didn't vary too much after, after that. So introduce it, Roland. All right. Well, starting at number one, our consensus, we talking about sports, uh, number one tight end for going into the 2021 season. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. It's kind of chalk, if you will, but it's Travis Kelsey, uh, the tight end for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he was our number one tight end last year. I know I think we had one Kittle vote um, on the board last year, but uh, Kelsey okay. came in at number one, and I mean, he he showed up at that number. I mean, you could even put him up with some of the receivers with the numbers that he put up last year. And let's get into it. I mean, he had 105 catches on 145 targets uh, for good enough for 1,400 yards and 11 touchdowns. <clears throat> I know he's the king of that little shovel pass. They find a way to get him the, yeah. the touchdown there in the red zone uh, when you think they might be running the ball. You always got to look out for Kelsey. He's one of the greatest threats in there. And it's somewhat unconventional. They move him around. That's the beauty about, um, you know, being in that Andy Reid offense with there with Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator. His catch percentage, 72%. You throw him the ball, he's catching it. I don't know if you guys ever played with, like, a guy who's super reliable like that in the, your flag football days or tackle football, whatever. But you throw the ball 
to this guy. He's coming down with it. Um, I mean, do you guys have anything to add to Travis Kelsey being number one? I mean, what, what's your favorite hear, thing about Kelsey? I do want to hear why Ben put him at one this year because last year he had Kittle, and this year he has more faith in Kelsey. I just want to hear what converted him to uh, the Kelsey train. I still think I, I still think last year I remember putting Kittle number one because of his blocking. I said he was more of a do it all, and Kelsey's yeah. more of a finesse. He's more of a mm-hmm. wide receiver type. I mean, Kittle came out of Iowa. They they, they block there. They're a running team. Um, and this year, Kelsey, he's just a wide receiver at tight end, bro. Roland said it, 140 targets or 134 targets, um, and then over 100 receptions for 1,400 yards. Those are stats that we used to hear, you know, A.B. doing year to year. You know what I mean? When, when mm-hmm. shit was really booming. So Travis Kelsey's putting up major numbers. He's got the best quarterback in the game. Uh, he's got Tyreek Hill to take the top off the defense, and he's going to work everything, you know, mid-range. So, and like Roland said, he's a vacuum cleaner, as sure-handed as it gets pretty much at the position. Was so, staying healthy any bit of a factor for you? No, no. I just think that he, he more consistent. And, like, now he's the only tight end. And I know that it's fantasy football, but he's the only fantasy tight end being talked about going number one. When were tight ends ever going first round? I don't ever think. Time. I did Gronk ever get there? I think Gronk was up there in maybe the second round, of first um, end of the first round, depending on if you had some Patriots fans in your league. But um, he, he definitely was up there. But, but Kelsey's this year, fire first round. Yeah, it's it's wide receiver money, bro. And then he's on yeah. that team, and he's a big red zone target for the, for the touchdowns. Um, and Mahomes loves going to him. So the QB situation in San Francisco also played into, you know, why I have Kittle number two. Got you. That makes sense. No signs of slowing down either. No signs of slowing down. Um, All right. Let's go to number two. I mean, I think this one, um, there's a little debate here, but uh, number two, you got uh, three out of our our four votes, I believe. Um, That is uh, George Kittle. Uh, We were just talking about him right now. Uh, George Kittle, number 85, tied in for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, does, it doesn't play in as a, of an explosive, excuse me, um, offense as uh, Kansas City, but the guys that do it all, like Ben was saying, uh, probably the best blocking tight end or one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. And, I mean, he's one of the best receivers. You can line him up in the slot, and he can take almost anybody on a on a seam route um, for 70, 80 yards as he was doing in 2018 and 19. He did come off an injury, or he is coming off injury in 2020. He only played in eight games, but before that, he was good for 1,000 and close to 1,400 yards in, in, um, in 2018 and 2019. Uh, his touchdowns aren't there, though, uh, on par with Kelsey, but I do think that does change this year for him. Uh, he, he's – Talented all around. Uh, why did you? Um, why did you guys have Kittle at two? I, I didn't have him at two myself. Health mostly. Um, I, I thought about putting him at one because the production is there when he's on the field, and I took into consideration what Ben said that all around tight end factor that he is. It's it's not just a vertical threat. It's a possession threat. It's a blocking threat. But when you got to look at the quarterback situation in San Francisco, not knowing exactly what that offense is going to be like. You can't have him at one, and so that that put him at two at least, though. So before it goes to Ben, you guys are both um, of the belief that it's uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and then everybody else. Like you no, think Waller. they're the tier no. by themselves? 
Waller's in the conversation. No, but I feel like it's a 1A, 1B for me right now sort okay. of thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, but George Kittle is that blue-collar, you know, lunch pail, but superstar, bro. You know, but in the trenches, superstar. Like I said, uh, Kelsey's more finesse, but he gets it done, man. You know, Kel- Kelsey's Hollywood. George Kittle is, is you know, country farm boy, just, you know, Gritty, gritty. I think that he's a very gritty uh, player. I would, I wouldn't call Kelsey so gritty. So yeah, I like the all aroundness of George Kittle, and I think that the faster that they, you know, figure out that QB situation in San Francisco, um, yeah. he's going to be the number one no matter who the QB is. So you guys also you didn't take into consideration um, him not being on the field for more than half the season last year. Yeah, that's why I couldn't put him at one. Okay. Because that, that's actually, I mean, that played into, I mean, because I didn't rank him but, at number two. I mean, let's let's get into number three. At my, the number three uh, tight end on the list is none other than uh, Darren Waller. I had him at number two. Uh, Darren Waller's coming off a back-to-back um, over 1,100-yard uh, receiving seasons. He topped 100 catches this year uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders at 107. He had nine touchdowns. Um, his catch percentage is close to 74. Um, for me, this guy is the next best receiving tight end next to Kelsey. He might even be a little bit more athletic than Kelsey, yeah. if you will. Faster, uh, definitely and, faster. And, close, and closer to a wide receiver. Um, I definitely like how Darren Waller is, um, how he's projecting or his current trajectory. I think he's going to overtake Kittle as a, the surefire number two tight end this year. That's why I ranked him at number two. Um, but yeah, Darren Waller's my guy. Um, I like him a lot this year. I expect big numbers out of him. I have him in a fantasy league this year. Um, I was picking at the back end of the draft and I, I think I, I caught him on the turn and I think the third or the fourth round, but anyways, I, I like Kittle. I mean, uh, Waller a lot this year. Uh, you guys have anything to add to Waller? Ben, I saw you shaking your head when I was saying, uh, he's the next best receiving tight end. Uh, no, I, 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 I was agreeing. I was agreeing. I think he's more of a finesse tight end as well, but he is more of like a wide receiver type. The, you know, uh, Darren Waller was a lot of fantasy people. He was a, he was a winner last year. You know, he was a guy that you had in the championship just based off where you drafted him. And, the, you know, he exceeded expectations by a long shot last year. That's why he's in the tier now with Kittle and Kelsey. That's why it's, it, you know, mm-hmm. it's Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, and everybody else. Okay. Um, yes. Last year, it was only nice. Kittle and Kelsey. This year, Waller, after the season he did last year, he inserted himself into the conversation. You want to get that number two spot? Let's show me some consistency. Do it again. Um, and I have no problem with him overtaking Kittle because I agree with you. After the catch, uh, this dude, he's a wide receiver, man. He, he can go. He can go. And John Gruden gets him the ball. Out of the top three tight ends we've listed so far, obviously Kelsey has the best quarterback situation. Who has the worst quarterback situation going into the season? Is it going to be Derek Carr or is it going to be whatever San Francisco puts out, Garoppolo? Or I think it's whatever pick? San Francisco puts out because Carr lets it fly. He don't give a fuck. Agreed. Yeah, and that's the other reason. I think the numbers are going to be there for Waller. Uh, Because they're going to air it out. Uh, They're not going to have much of a run game this year, I don't think. So Uh, a lot of numbers to come for Darren Waller. Uh, But number four, I think there's a a little bit of um, disagreement amongst uh, we talk about sports guys. We got two votes at this guy for number four and a a number five ranking. So 
it ends up winning out for him. It is uh, Mark Andrews. That's um, Lamar Jackson's favorite uh, target nowadays. He's a tight end for the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews is a fourth-year um, tight end. His numbers aren't necessarily there in terms of yardage just because of the way the offense works out, but he does have back-to-back uh, -back seasons of uh, 98 catches and 88 catches, good for 850 and 700 yards, And but the touchdowns are there for him. He is a touchdown scorer. Uh, he has um, 10 touchdowns and seven touchdowns his last two seasons. Um, so Mark Andrews, I think he's just a Mr. Consistent, Mr. Reliable, and he is the favorite target of his um, of his quarterback. So I think the numbers are going to continue to be there for this guy. Um, Justin, I'm going to ask you, cause you had him at number five. Um, Clearly he made, he made the slide with his top five. Yeah. <laughs> it's at four. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think Pitts is more dynamic than Mark Andrews. I have no problem with Mark Andrews. Uh, I had him pretty high on my list last season. Um, can sort of do it all. Pretty good option for Lamar Jackson coming out of Oklahoma. We saw what he was for Baker. Um, this this guy's solid. He's he's not in that upper echelon though. I don't, and I just think with what Kyle Pitts brings vertically, I have to put him uh, above Mark Andrews, especially since Kyle Pitts, in so my Kyle opinion, Pitts. has a better throwing quarterback. Oh no, Marky! Without without playing a game, steps in and, into your number four title. Without playing a game, yeah, good good thing you said that. We, well, we, no, saw I mean, not, we saw him in preseason. We saw him in preseason what he was able to do. Five. Yeah, because I mean, I have him at five. But, like, he had one play in the preseason because, I mean, the guy hasn't shown much yet, to be honest. To be in the top five, in my opinion. In my opinion. Yeah. But no, I, I, think, I think the consensus would have him in the top five just based off what's expected coming into the season. Yeah, no, I'm just I, saying I, pump the brakes. And I kind of agree with Justin in the sense that not, not too many other guys – can offer you what Kyle Pitts is going to offer. I mean, we just talked about Darren Waller, Kittle, and Kelsey. I mean, he walks in and he's already in the conversation with those guys in terms of athleticism and whatnot. I agree. Uh, the other guys don't really compare to him. I know Ron had uh, Logan Thomas, a former quarterback, and Noah Font on his list, but I think Kyle Pitts is more athletic than both of those guys. Hey, there's also a reason Ron didn't show up to defend <laughs> this. All right. Uh, there's a reason he didn't show up to defend this. Yeah. And, and for me, again, Kyle Pitt, this is a lot based on potential. The potential's there, and that's why I have him. I mean, yeah. I, I just couldn't overlook that. I no, agree. I, He's the comparisons of Waller and Kelsey, like Roland compared him to, that's definitely the mark. That's what the Falcons want out of him. That's why you get drafted where you get drafted. Yeah, um, but let's see it against NFL talent. And let's go to the, the next slide. I mean, we just talked about him right now. That's, uh, that's Kyle Pitts. Uh, he was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. What number? Number three. We all thought they were going to go quarterback. I mean, I thought they were going to go quarterback, but it was pretty much a done deal, him going to Atlanta, the um, tight end out of Florida. Like Justin just got done saying, a lot of this is done or based on potential. I don't have too much to add other than I think he's going to step in. And, I mean, he's automatically a top three, top four um, tight end in terms of athleticism. He just needs to, to have the numbers to back it up, I think. And, well, he needs to play the game. So In terms uh, of athleticism, I think he's the best tight end. I mean, who's running that 40 that he ran? Who has that athleticism? 
I mean, maybe Waller. I mean, he's close to wide receiver, but uh, I agree Davis, with you. I, mean, I just I, think he's more athletic than those guys. I when when's the last time a tight end's been drafted that high? I mean, I know that I'm putting everybody on the spot, but I wonder how far we have to go back, or if ever a tight end has been the number three pick in in the draft. Sure, I, I don't remember. Time. I can't think of a time off the top of my head. Where Thailand was a top five pick, like I, but I feel like like Sports Center that has or like ESPN that has the Mamada stats on top of Mamada stats. Vernon Davis just... was picked number six by San Francisco. Okay. And okay. Vernon Davis at the time, we were all calling him like the most athletic tight end. He to, was, uh, it was a combine that boosted him to number yeah. six. Remember, yeah. the combine was nuts. Out of Maryland. Yeah. Uh, Kellen Winslow, he went number six. You guys remember him? Uh, he's in, he's in jail now. Won't give him too much uh, shine Pick here. Pick number five, Riley Odoms in 1972. So Kyle Pitt, he went number eight in 2019. Yeah, T.J. Hawkinson's number five yeah. on my list. Number five for you. Uh, what do you like about Hawkinson? Why'd you put him up there? The whole Kittle situation. He's well rounded. He's he's well rounded and brand new QB. And golf is already checked down city. And that just means tight end. I think he's the best receiving threat that the Lions offense has. They're going to be down a lot. They're going to be throwing to Hawkinson. But for me, it was between Hawkinson and Fant for the fifth one, to be honest. Okay. Um, I think Fant has pretty high expectations, and he's athletic. He's that new breed of tight end, uh, yeah. not just the blockers. He's more of you know that dual threat. So, But I expect big things out of Hawkinson. And if Goff's going to get anybody the ball, I expect it to be the damn tight end. Four yard outs and shit. Be their best receiving option um, this year too. So um, I like that at number five. Um, and honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Yeah, let's do it. Honorable mentions. We don't have uh, uh, Steph Curry's mom on here this time, but um, uh, we, we do have uh, Dallas Not Goddard. Sonia? Dallas Goddard, the uh, tight end. It was, is it the guy? The guy that, that Curry's mom's with now, isn't he a wasn't he a tight end? Yeah, a Patriots <laughs> tight end. I think. Oh, so he, he should have been honorable mention. He's honorable mention. He should have been honorable mention. That boy should be number one. Yeah. Bagging shit as a fucking <laughs> one year pro. Yeah, I mean, but that's uh, I saw some uh, video of Sonia Curry like she was uh, at a at a basketball game and some. Other man, I don't know if it was that guy, but it was they were that guy. pretty cozy. And yeah. like Dale Curry was in the same stadium, so I, I thought just watching, crazy. right? Like, from yeah, the other just press watching from the other side, watching. yeah, some sus behavior. But, anyways, uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, he's gonna be Jalen Hurts's uh, favorite target, I think. But, uh, interesting news, Hurts, he said that he wants to stay and he wants to retire an Eagle. He's he said that fool. some conversations were had and that he's back on board. So, glad to see things um, end well for Zach Hurts. Um, he was on our list last year, speaking of Zach Ertz. He was, uh, he on was, everybody's list. He was number three on mine, number five on Ben's, and number three on Justin. I so, had him on his way out, you see? I yeah. had him on his way out. <laughs> nah, he still made your top five. five. Now, so. Honestly, I, I was I looking at it. Uh, Justin probably – no, you and Justin had uh, a better top five than me because I had fucking Austin Hooper in there. I don't know what Dude. I was thinking. I don't. I forgot what my thought process was. You were drinking was. that Hard Knocks yeah. Browns Kool-Aid, bro. Um, anyways, TJ Hawkinson's the other one. Uh, we just talked about him. And then Mike Jacecki. Uh Was that your honorable mention, Justin? Yeah. Jacecki. You like Jacecki? Well, Is just it? because he I mean, he helped me in fantasy quite a bit last season. Okay. When he had 
when he had games, he had games. He's a very streamable option at tight end if he wasn't drafted in, in the other drafts. I like that. My Shiseki. There we go. All right. Well, that was the, the top five tight ends. Uh, we're going to go ahead and post this on Twitter um, and Facebook. And y'all make sure to chime in. Uh, let us roast know. Us. Yeah, roast us. Let us know for morons or we got it right or if you agree with us or whatever. Putting a rookie uh, in their top five. Let them yeah, know about it. Just let, us, just let us know. Let us know. And give us your top five also. Don't be shy. I'm going to asterisk that potential. <laughs> Hey, I mean, Ben Boy, your honor, and, and, your uh, honor, Kyler Murray was a top ten quarterback last year. Let's not get and that twisted. Well, did Drake too, so he I mean, was. We, we we all have our our guys. But you all put Drew Brees top five, okay? So don't <laughs> give me shit. Don't give me shit for pulling Kyler at ten when he was like the seventh best QB last mm. year. Well, we we all had misses on on our list, but all right, roll it. You started shooting. We all, we all had misses. We all had misses. <laughs> I don't have the quarterback list in front of me, but uh, that was a good call out. Anyway, I know, but Kyle Murray wasn't that bad in the top ten. No, 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 that, that actually that was a good call. That, that, that was a good pick. I, I'll give you that. I was just we had we had your boy on with the Cardinals preview last year, yeah, yeah. and he had me drinking the Kool Aid, bro. Yeah, so he'll, be on, he'll be on one of the Sundays. Yeah, he, yeah. he actually hit me up. He wants to be on for on Sundays. That, that uh, would be so. good. That would be good. Yeah. So, Robert, if you're listening, uh, be ready. Um, so that's a, the top five list. Are you guys ready to get into the NFC North? Let's get into this Green Bay Packers. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Shouldn't take us too long. Um, it's much of the same um, in 2020 for the, the NFC North. Um, the Green Bay Packers walked away with another division championship. Uh, they dominated um, the division like they always do. They're favored to win it again. Uh, we're going to get into that a, a little bit um, here in a little bit at a, with how short potentially, excuse me, I'm stuttering, with how potentially short these odds might be. But they are favorites again to win the NFC North. Uh, they won it with a 13-3 and record. They won 7-1 and at home, 6-2 and on the road, 5-1 and against the division. And they lost in the NFC Championship round again. It seems like they can't get past that stage. Um, they lost to the Falcons a couple of years ago. Uh, they lost again to Tampa Bay uh, this past year. Note in Lambeau, um, 26 to 31. Uh, five games decided by a touchdown or less, and they were three and two in those games. Um, their season bets and props, like we were just talking about, uh, with the NFC North odds, they are minus 150. To win the NFC North, that is a pretty short by all uh, by all accounts. A couple of years ago, they were like minus three fifty in the preseason, so that's just for reference. Um, they are plus one thousand to win the Super Bowl. That is pretty short. Uh, plus six hundred to win the NFC Championship. That's good for second best behind Tampa Bay. Uh, their season total over under ten uh, juice to minus sixty five for the over. Uh, Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP is plus nine hundred. And if you're into some player props, uh, here's a little interesting one, Justin, before we move on. Over under 36 and a half passing touchdowns for Aaron mm. Rodgers. You like that? I do. I like the over. You like that? Okay. All right. I mean, he was good for, what, 40-something touchdowns last year? So you think he's going to get there with an extra game? Um, I, I believe he will. Um, their additions, they bring back old reliable uh, Randall Cobb. A legendary slot receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Um, they bring him over for the Texans. Um, that's probably their biggest free agent signing that I can look at. Um, another year goes by in the draft. 
another uh, year goes by without them drafting a first round wide receiver. Mm. And that's part of, partly why Aaron Rodgers showed up a few weeks ago uh, for the first time in all off season. They drafted Eric Stokes, um, cornerback out of Georgia. Uh, Georgia produces some pretty good defensive players. So uh, pretty sure he's going to be a good addition. And they did add a receiver in the third round. Um, Amari Rogers, a receiver for Clemson. Do you know anything yeah. about Amari Rogers, Justin, or no? Uh, I'm not too keen he, on him. He wasn't one of the main starters. Um, you know, it was Justin Ross and the other kid Higgins uh, for that national championship team. He was like their third option. But I'm sure he was probably like the number two or number three uh, high school prospect uh, his year. So um, maybe he, the talent is probably there. Probably a four-star at least. Yeah, and he's, he's going to get the shine uh, with or get an opportunity with Aaron Rodgers possibly. Um, key departures, they do lose uh, starting center Corey Lindsley to the Chargers, uh, Christian Kirksey to the Texans. And, sh- shoot, this one surprised me, just more so because I hadn't heard his name in a while. It's Tavon Austin. Austin. I didn't even know he was on the – um, he was on the Packers. Uh, I don't know what, he, part, what, le- what team he was on in the league at this point. Yeah, he, he former Cowboy, former Cowboy. Got to give him his props. Um, but he uh, it finds his finds himself on the Jaguars. I don't know if he made the fifty three man roster, but uh, that is where he ended up um, this off season. Uh, the NFC North, you'll find a trend here. Let's get it out of the way. They do have um, some of the tough tougher schedules based on twenty twenty one percentage. Uh, the Packers have the fourth toughest schedule based on that um, on that statistic. And the big storyline for me before um, I toss it over to you, Justin, so you can give me uh, your reason uh, for your love for the, the Packers this year is um, Aaron Rodgers. The watch is over. He showed back up. You know, he's wearing that office shirt uh, with the, the hair in the man bun or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, he showed up in flip-flops. As cool as can be, he's been – putting out a lot of uh, social media content, hitting those those nets from 50 yards out. Um, Jordan Love, though, he did get to play in the, the preseason. Mixed reviews from me. Uh, he shows that he's capable, though. But the question that I'll leave you with before you get into your take is, do you think Jordan Love's preseason has proven that the Packers need to do anything and everything they can to extend Aaron Rodgers? or extend the Aaron Rodgers experience for as long as they can? From the what I saw in that preseason game, yeah, they need to work something out this year. You got 17 weeks to figure something out, get this thing extended, get in some good graces, promise a receiver, make a trade. You got to do something because Jordan Love's not the answer at this point. He's had his time to sit and learn, and he didn't look like that was worthy of being a replacement the way that – Rodgers was to get out far like that. That didn't seem that way to me, at least. And and you don't. And I just asked you when we were doing the whole breakdown of the Packers right now, um, if you like that prop for Aaron Rodgers over under 36 and a half passing touchdowns. And you said that you liked the over. So you're you're not projecting any regression for Aaron Rodgers. You, you think that he's on that Tom Brady diet and he's going to keep it going? Yeah, no, I think he's going to be fine. He had that extra game. He's going to hit over that 36 and a half. Have him peg somewhere around 40 touchdowns this year because you add that Randall Cobb option, somebody who can get, you know, on that, you know, inside the five, can run a little slant and he can hit him and he knows how to get open for Rodgers. That's just a connection that you add that he didn't have last year. Yeah, I like that. I like that addition. We didn't, I didn't mention um, Randall Cobb right now and that whole touchdown thing, but that is a good point because Aaron Rodgers, 
he's going to need – it's either going to be Robert uh, – is it Robert Tanyan, I believe, yeah, or Tanyan, Tanyan or, or Randall Cobb. And, I mean, he has two good safety valves there. Um, so I, I'm with you on that over 36 and a half. Uh, ben, are, are you back on – or not back on, but do you see the, the Packers reigning over the division for, for another year in 2021? I think it's not even going to be competitive. I mean, can we see Aaron Rodgers last season with the Packers and him losing the division to the – and let's be honest, the, the, only, the only competition is the Minnesota Vikings as far as winning the division. You've got, you know, Jared Goff over there, and we're going to get into the Bears a little bit later, but they still have question marks at quarterback. So this division, I mean, this you can mark it down, book it in, call it a lock, whatever the hell you want to do. The Packers are going to win the division. Um, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to go out like a hoe. I know that you talked about <laughs> maybe extending him. You try to – it's done. The, this is the last hoorah. Uh, this is the last – this is all that you're going to get from Aaron Rodgers. I even think the contract ends after this season. If I think that that was uh, part of the stipulations of him coming back. And you got to think, and how pathetic is this, fam? you got to say – Go get me Randall Cobb. Like, that's got to be on the table for you to come back. I mean, bum-ass Randall Cobb, bro. A guy that the Texans overpaid for when he left the Cowboys. Uh, but like you said, another year that they don't go and get help, even though they he was holding out and you thought that it was going to be love and you still don't get, get go get wide receiver help. Um, in the midst of talking contract negotiations with Devontae Adams because he's on a contract year as well. So their front office really has to get their shit together, not necessarily and do everything you got to do to get Aaron Rodgers back because that ship has sailed. I think this is, you know, he just wants to go out on good graces and you're going to, you're going to, you know, split. It's going to be mutual after this season. I think that nobody's going to be in bad graces. The fans get that last season. Aaron Rodgers just isn't dipping out on them and quitting on them. You know, it, it's known to everybody. This is the last dance. They even put it up. And before uh, before we get into our, our season predictions, I know you kind of hinted at it with the, the division, uh, calling them the division champions for 2021. Um, but do you think that the Packers fumbled the bag? I mean, in terms of you go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, you know, I mean, I don't know too many franchises that can say that they've gone from Hall of Fame to Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, the – uh, the Colts had a chance of doing it with um, Andrew Luck, but he retired. Um, but other than that, I can't think of any off the top of my head. And to only have, for those 20-some-odd years, two Super Bowls to show for it, yeah. do you think that's um, a little short? Do you think they should have walked away with more uh, Super Bowls? You got two first ballot Hall of Famers for two decades, 20 years, and you got one Super Bowl from each guy. Listen, their their front office has to get their shit together. Like, like we said, like they need to put help around these guys, man. If you know that you're going to win the game because you have Aaron Rodgers, then you got to go and get him the weapons. The way that the Bucks did it for Brady, you know, the way that these other teams prioritize for their quarterbacks, the they, they've never seemed to do that. They've seemed to put their attention everywhere else, and it's kind of like, well, where is it? Because their defense isn't that great. You know, they keep drafting running backs year after year. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, now A.J. Dillon, one of the most replaceable positions in the NFL, and you keep wasting high draft picks on running backs. So their front office really needs to, like, get their shit together, bro. 
And they are going to be, uh, I'm, I had this article pulled up, they are going to be trying to work through the, the season with Devontae Adams on this contract. So hopefully they get one of the two done. Because I do kind of agree with Justin, just to circle back to the very beginning, that I do think the Packers need to do everything they can to try and bring back Aaron Rodgers. Because from what I've seen, man, Jordan Love, he's not But it. you really think that that's a possibility? Like, if well, you I'm had to put a percentage, well, if you had to put, to put a percentage, percentage, it's less than 50% for me. But that doesn't mean. Maybe less, so, bro. Like, but I, well, what I'm saying is that doesn't mean that they can't try. Okay. Right. It doesn't mean you don't try when you're you right. got Aaron Rodgers. You have, they right. have to try. But Aaron Rodgers has made it pretty fucking clear, fam. For sure, for sure. But I also think that you have to take into consideration that you still don't know what you have with Jordan Love. I'm also of the belief that they should by now have already known what they have with Jordan it's Love. It's the same in terms concept, of he shows though. In practice, what he has done in preseason games. I think he should have already showed something by now, but – Maybe they, they, you need to get them in there. In the they previous. followed their same blueprint, Roland, that you alluded to with Rodgers replacing Favre, and we said that it was two years on the pine, and then after that second year they took over. This will be Jordan Love's second year, so maybe he was ready to take over next year. And I, you, they got to feel decent about him if Rodgers feels that disrespected because if he didn't think that he was a threat at all, he yeah, would just feel chilling. decent about him. The coach said he likes him, but what he showed in that preseason game – wasn't decent. So I feel yeah, you, but, but he also didn't have Devontae Adams on the field either. Like, were they playing starters, you know? Mm-hmm. No, that's true. That's true. Um, well, let's get into the, the season predictions here. We'll, we'll all give out our little our win totals um, if we have them. Um, but before we do get into that, there is an injury out there that we didn't mention, and I think it's key. Their left tackle, David Bakhtari, he's going to be out the, the first couple weeks of the season. One of the better left tackles in the, in the, yeah. the game right now. I think he finds himself on the pup, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I, I think That's he's going to be out. Six weeks. Yeah, he's going to be out a little while. So just want to throw that out there. Not to say that uh, the Packers still won't find a way, but um, I think they're still going to find a way with or without Bakhtari because I have them slotted in at 12. I have them slotted in at 12 and 5, walking away with another division title. Uh, Justin, what, what do you have on that? Over under, I have them over the 10. Okay. Have you already given a record? Right at 11 and 6. Okay. I think they win the NFC North. Um, But I think they don't get to that NFC Championship game, though. I just don't see it three years in a row. Because the Cowboys are going to beat them in the divisional round on their way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you already know that. No doubt about that one. You just got it. What about you, Ben? I think that the Green Bay Packers, I think you can book them in for that first round buy out of the NFC, to be honest. I think that they're going to be going for it. They're going to be going for that buy. Well, but, and I'm saying they're in a, I I know that we're breaking down the division, but man, they're in a very good position to do so. I mean, when they do play, uh, they do play, what AFC division are they playing here? They're playing the Ravens, Browns, and, and Steelers. So, yeah, they do play a tougher division. Um, but for the most part, you know, they get the Steelers at home, which is a tough team, and they get the Browns at home, which is the other tough team in that division. So Baltimore, they will have to go on the road, but you got to think, you know, Lamar and Aaron Rodgers, you're always going to take the Aaron Rodgers team. At least I would. It doesn't matter where they're playing. So I do like their schedule. I like the way it shapes up for them. Um, I expect them to sweep the division like they've been doing for the last couple of years. Um, 
and yeah, man, I there's just like I said, Aaron Rodgers ain't going out like a hope. I, I, I believe I mean, didn't it. Didn't the Bears last year. I do want to say that, but I don't, don't know that's going to happen again. Yeah, and they they might have, but I have them sweeping the division this year for sure. I know I said that they had done it the last yeah. couple of years, but and so without um, further ado, let's uh let's give out that consensus pick. Our our consensus pick, or the first one of the podcast, is uh, the NFC North champions to be the the Green Bay Packers at minus one fifty. Um, this, like I said at the beginning of the Packer breakdown, this is a line that I've seen at over minus three hundred some years. Um, I do think it's a little short. Maybe they, uh, I think Vegas is a little high on uh, the Vikings this year. We'll get into that right now um, here in a little bit. But, man, the Packers, I don't, unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, they're going to win the division. It has so, happened before. And, and it, it has maybe, happened. It and has maybe happened. Jordan Love will surprise us. But I honestly think even with the Jordan Love-led Packers, they can battle with the team that we're about to talk about for the division. Yeah. Unless, is NFC North a three-playoff team? No. Division? Hell no. Uh, one, two, no it. one, two, four Vikings, bro. Like the Vikings I'm, have an outside chance at the wild card, but we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But they're uh, one playoff team, two of the best for the okay. NFC. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's our first consensus pick for the NFC North. It is the Packers still in division at minus one fifty. And uh, Justin, where can we put this in? You know you can put that in on uh, Bet King online or, or Twitter. We got a promotional code. You just got to put WTBS to get that going. Um, there's a lot of promotions coming out this week. I'd be on Twitter every day up until Sunday of the NFL to see one of the promotions that we just got told about. It's going to be very exclusive, very short, but you don't want to miss this promotion. And when you do get it, make sure you tell them WTBS. Might be a little extra for you there. Yeah, and the survivor pool. I mean, NFL starts next week, so that starts next week as well. Mm. The survivor contest. I'm looking forward to that. I think I'm locked in on a team that I'm going to be fading, and it's going to be a team that we might be talking about later on tonight. All righty. Well, let's get into it, or let's get closer to that team if they're coming up. Um, the Chicago Bears, second place in the division for 2020. Um, they won eight and eight. Three and five at home there, Soldier Field. Um, five and three on the road. Two and four against the division, which I said good enough for second place. They did miss the playoffs. Uh, they had ten games decided by seven points or less. They were actually six and four in those games by my count. Um, interesting stat here. They started the season off five and one. They had high hopes. Yep. People thought maybe Mitchell Trubisky had found a way to turn it around. We were wrong. Um, they went one and four. Um, in uh, seven-point uh, games to end the season. So, like I said, they had uh, ten games decided by a touchdown. Those five games that they won at the beginning were all by less than a touchdown. So a little bit of in-season regression because they did go on to lose uh, one of four of their close games um, following that. So a little bit of in-season regression for the Chicago Bears. Um, their 2021 uh, season bets and props, plus 4,500 to win the Super Bowl, uh, plus 2,500 to win the NFC Championship, plus 450. Uh, their season total is over under 7.5 um, to make the playoffs, plus 150 for yes. No is juiced to minus 190. And the shortest odds on the table here, 
is uh, to win Rookie of the Year. That's Justin Fields to win Offensive Rookie of the Year at plus 400. And that's as the quarterback, too, because they're highlighted or their best addition or their most notable addition for 2021 was um, Andy Dalton, who was QB1, was named QB1 by Matt Nagy uh, as soon as he got there, pretty much. It wasn't really a competition. Uh, they did add um, Angelo Blackson from the Cardinals to beef up that defensive line. Marquise Goodwin, uh, the receiver from the Eagles, didn't play last year because of COVID. Damian Williams, who also didn't play last year because of COVID, uh, comes over from the Chiefs, and they also get um, Jesse James. Their um, first-round draft pick, like I just uh, mentioned him, to win Rookie of the Year was Justin Fields. Uh, they got him at the number 11 pick. Um, they traded up, I believe, with the Giants uh, to get that pick. Uh, drafted Justin Fields, fell a little bit, um, but I think they walked away with a steal. They do have the third-ranked um, schedule in terms of strength of schedule um, based on the 2021 percentage. And their, their big storyline, like I just said, was Andy Dalton being named the starter. Um, how long will he be the starter? I think there's there's to be some Vegas odds on the over-under, uh, the number of games that Andy Dalton's a starter before he gets benched. But I haven't seen any yet. And um, I think it's a pretty pretty obvious question. What I'm about to ask Ben here is, you know, who gives the Bears the best chance to win? Um, if there is a, a chance for them to win. Easy question. Yeah, let me tell you this. Like, Andy Dalton is a downgrade from Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Uh, if y'all, I mean, maybe it'll be hard for some of y'all to believe, but th those are just straight facts. That I agree, 100%. Those are facts. So, I think he's better than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I mean. He isn't. He isn't. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky last season. He, he won you over last year, you know, not we saw him last season with the Cowboys. Not winning that bum-ass division. That didn't even count. The, the How does that not count? The Cowboys were without, like, four or five of their, their top offensive linemen. And they, were, I, and they still I had a better roster. I started a game at guard. I started a game at guard. And they still had a better roster than the Bears. I started at guard. And they still had a better roster. Bro, they nah, still had a better nah, roster than the Bears. He's horrible. Randy Dalton's not in, brother. I mean, this is a guy who is has you know he's has that red. They call him the Red Rocket. He's got that red hair, and he's supposed to have these headphones on and a fucking clipboard in his hand and just look good wearing the Cowboys jersey, not in the game because he clearly showed that. I mean, y'all couldn't even get in the playoffs last year. If Andy Dalton was even remotely good, y'all would have gotten into the playoffs because it wasn't hard to do last season. Man. It wasn't hard to do last season. So I think it's a downgrade. It. I agree. I, I think that if they lose to Cincinnati, it's guaranteed 0-3. And, and then we see Justin Fields going into the game against the Lions, which is a very winnable game, even though it is a division game. So I could see by week four, Justin Fields starting into that Lions game if they're 0-3. So I know you say that Justin Fields gives him the best gives him the best chance to win, and I agree. I think Justin Fields is better than Andy Dalton, but I think Andy Dalton is better than Mitch Trubisky. So that's where we disagree a little bit. But neither here nor there. My next question is going to be, um, do you think Justin Fields or do you think the Bears sitting him for weeks one through three or for the first week or not naming him QB1 is the right move, or do you think he should be QB1? to start the season. Shit. Listen, if Andy Dalton goes up and stinks it up and the Bears score three points against the Rams week one, which is very, okay, okay, so very let me doable. Rephrase the question. You don't, you don't want to throw him in there against the Rams and Aaron okay. Donald. Okay, so you wouldn't start him week one if no. you were the coach. Listen, I agree with you. 
Let him watch what can fucking happen if you suck in the league. Because Andy Dalton's going to get pummeled that game, fam. I mean, Roland, you're going to think back and be like, shit, maybe Trubisky well, I mean, the Bears, have, the Bears have a pretty bad offensive line, too. Oh, but that's here why, we go. But that's, here. Why that's why a good a Justin Fields Justin makes Fields, more sense. Justin Fields gives them a better chance. So I would, I would go with Justin Fields right off the bat. Again, I just think that Andy Dalton's better than Mr. Bisky. That's all. This is not old Andy Dalton. Old Andy Dalton, I would agree with you. This He's this Andy Dalton, this Mr. version Bisky. is Mr. not better Bisky's than Mitch. Horrible. You, no. you, you seen no. some of the throws that he made last year? Oh my goodness! I you see some of the throws Andy Dalton made last Dude, year? Andy Dalton doesn't even give his guys that. Andy Dalton is not better than Mr. Bisky. He, he is conservative. Andy Dalton. He's in his Joe right. Flacco late stages. It doesn't matter. We're not going to agree on this. We're not. Okay. Yeah, but Ro- okay. no, but Roland, Roland, week one is gonna look back and and see how wrong he is, bro. But I would, anyways, I would just say Justin Fields should be QB one. So when do you have to start from the rip? I think he gives him the best chance to win. It's a little risky, like Ben said, starting him against Los Angeles because I mean he could get pummeled. Uh, we saw him get lit up pretty badly against the Bills. Um, I can only imagine that happen he's, against. Uh, he's not gonna throw at Jalen Ramsey, so he's already gonna be playing with only half the field. And then he's going to have to worry about Aaron Donald, like, just week two against uh, Joe Burrow. Hey, come I on, see, man. I can make a case for just throwing him into the fire week one. And it's he obviously good, can uh, evade Aaron Donald a I, little bit with the yeah. footwork. So I can see that case, too, Roland. I, I can see a case for both. It, it's That's hard. A, the, the, the problem is is we know that the answer, no matter what, is not Andy Dalton. Yeah, the answer the, is Justin Fields. No matter what, Justin Fields will end the season as okay. a starting point. Agreed, agreed. And then I think the other thing, too, that I've heard going going around, and I was also thinking about this because this is the the big elephant in the room, and it depends what, you, what you're thinking as Matt Nagy. Like, is there a bit of job protection going on? Like, he's obviously on the hot seat, right? I mean, he's on the, the last straw. Like, they, the GM said that him and Pace, they're on the last straw. We're bringing them back for one more year. Let's see if we can make it right. And they draft the rookie quarterback. So you think of you're on your last legs. Like, what do you have to show? Like, you have to make the playoffs. So you got to think it's playoffs or bust for the Bears. So if you're Matt Nagy, I mean – Man, you're in a tough spot with this quarterback position, and I, I are, just think you gotta go Justin Fields. Are you trying to say that 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 his his hot seat makes the leash shorter on Dalton and the the trigger on going to Fields quicker, or do you think that maybe if and, he realized that Fields was a better option, he would have just gone with him from the rip? I mean, we've seen teams. Like, we've seen the Texans not even start Deshaun Watson as a rookie. Yeah, Tom Savage started over him. And, and exactly. I, and I, and I, and Tom I think, Savage is ass. And I think that they're going to realize. Booty juice. He's like below Dalton. So Justin Fields gives him gives them the best chance to win. It's just I don't know how you save your job with if you're Matt Nagy other than making the playoffs. Like, I don't think you can use the whole, um, hey, I started a rookie. Um, you know, give me a give me a break here because I, I don't. I don't think that's thin and he's stepping forward. I but mean, if you start, no but if you, if you start the rookie and you win nine, eight games, seven. I don't think you can win eight this year. If you win seven or nine games, I think that buys you time because it's a rookie quarterback and you were right there. So but, I think I think it's in his best interest to get Fields in there quicker. I just don't know if he's noticed it or maybe. 
I mean, if he just doesn't think that the Rams is a game, I agree with him, bro. This is one of the top five defenses in the NFL, and it's this is a welcome to the NFL rookie <clears throat> moment if you throw him in there. So yeah. I agree with – but week two, I'm out because I'm telling you, that, that spreads like eight points right now or seven points, the Rams and the Bears with Dalton as a starter. So the Rams go out there, you know, beat them 23-24-3, I could definitely see him starting week two uh, against Cincinnati – and at home. Can you imagine how hyped the crowd would be? The home opener, very winnable game, and you got the rookie starting. I like that. I think that's a good call out. If he definitely not going to start week one, they already named uh, Andy Dalton QB1. I could it's see him coming It's his time, Roland. It's his time right now. It's his time. One, one of the better quotes from the preseason. That's a one horrible quote, bro. <laughs> one of the better that's quotes from the preseason. Like, you're the only one in the room that believes it. Like, no, bro, your time was in Cincinnati, fam, and you couldn't yeah, win a fucking yeah. playoff game. No, I agree there for sure. But we were just talking about where we projected them with the win totals. So – I mean, just to give my number out, I have them right around seven wins. I got them right around at seven and ten, and that's assuming Justin Fields comes in sooner rather than later. So, um, and even with that, I have them only at seven wins. Missing the playoffs again, new coach. They're going to bring in Eric Bieniemy next year to be the coach for Justin Fields. That's a good call. That's a good call, and I like that, Roland. If they like do that, that, they would finally be on the right track, and it would work with their quarterback situation. I think eight wins is their ceiling, and I agree with you. The faster that they put fields in, I think the more time Nagy has to buy himself, but they definitely have to get rid of that. Eight wins is their ceiling, but I don't see them getting there. And I'm yeah. glad you went second because I, I want Justin to end it here. He, you have a, a pretty high prediction for the for the Bears written down. What, I had seven and ten? No, you had eight and nine with Dalton and ten and seven with fields. Yeah, I just think with Fields, that with that defense that they have right now, I think that can get them there. I, that's why I was asking earlier, does three teams make it? Could you see a situation where the Bears uh, make the playoffs again like they did last year? I mean, they did start 5-1, and one, so they, they, they had a, a shot at it for sure. So, Bro. Um, but that, like, to- I, like I said, they're asterisk on this is all where Justin Fields gets a start. Late in the season don't doesn't matter then for me. Justin, has to be early. Justin's had DJ Noe Bear in his ear, I could tell. Nah, or, nah, nah. No, this but is, you are an Ohio big. State guy. You are an yeah. Ohio State guy, so you right, do so like I'm kids. on them tonight as well, just so you all know, 12 and a half. I bought the point. You'll know if Justin won or lost tomorrow, guys, when you hear this. But, Roland, what I was going to say, Fields coming in, you thought we all – I think it might have been consensus where we all thought he was the second-best quarterback yeah, in the draft. I had a number two. Justin, I think you agreed, right? He was number two behind yeah. Lawrence, or did you have anybody else ahead of him? I no, think no, we no, all had Fields. Lawrence too. Fields. It was a duo from the from getting out of high school. Uh, I will say, I know, together I, since then. I know one it's preseason. Two, two. We're not talking about it, but Zach Wilson's looked pretty good uh, for the Jets. He has looked decent, but I, I'm yeah. telling you, that coach, man, it's all about the culture, bro. And I, that coach, that coach, I, he's the type that can get people to run through a wall. They're still not going to be very good, but Salah. they're at least, yeah, Salah. But they're at least going to look competitive, for, uh, you know, for a half or so. The Bears, uh, the Bears, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be, oh, I was going to say about my Texans story. We went to the Packers and Texans game last year in Houston because Mondo and Steph wanted to see the Packers. It might have been Aaron Rodgers' last their last chance to see Rodgers, and he was so close. Fam, the Bears, like Roland alluded to, were five and one early on into the season. 
this was around that time. They were at the Houston Stadium heckling Packers fans, talking about, oh, how does it feel looking up on us from the division? Because the Bears were winning that division for the first part of the season. Bro, they were heckling the shit out of Packers fans. But in true Chicago fashion, you know, they shit the bed at the end of the season. And just to move on to the – I mean, do we have any bets for the Bears before we move on? I mean, if you want to parlay not to make the playoffs, I really don't see them making the playoffs. Justin, Ohio State guy, Justin Fields to win Rookie of the Year, or is that too short at plus 400 uh, for him not being the starter to uh, start week one? Just because he's not starting week one, I can't touch that. Just because I don't know if it's already week two and he's going to make the starter or not. If it's beyond that, I don't see him uh, surpassing Mac Jones at least yeah. to get that. You might get better odds betting it after week one. And maybe like we, like I said, maybe they do go to him because that Cincinnati game is the home opener and it's a winnable game and you can get him there. You know, it'll be up upwards of plus 500 because he didn't start game one. And then I'm he's going to have, him. yeah. And then he would have the rest of the year from then. But I agree with him not being the starter. You can't, can't at those odds. Hell no. Is this the team that you're fading in your survivor pool? No. Against the Rams week one? No, no. It's not. It's another team in this division. Well, that was it for the the Bears. I was going to say the the Bears, but that was it for the Bears. Uh, Again, it's just I think the biggest thing to look out for them was uh, or is Justin Fields and uh, when he's going to become the starter for them. But we're on a little bit of a roll here. Uh, Let's go ahead and hit the Minnesota Vikings. They they were good enough for third place last year, uh, seven and nine. Uh, was their record three and five at home, four and four on the road? They actually fared pretty well against the division, uh, but I mean, they just they beat the Bears and the three and, and the Lions. Three. They went four and two against the division, and they were uh, third place, missed the playoffs. Um, they did have nine games decided by a touchdown or less. Uh, they were five and four in those games, and the opposite of the Bears. Um, the Viking season was pretty much doomed from the start. They they started the season one and five, um, so really didn't give themselves much of a chance um, to get through to the playoffs last year. Um, there's 2021 season props and bets: uh, plus 2800 to win the Super Bowl, plus 1400 to win the NFC Championship, plus 220 to win the North. So that's good enough for second place. And their over under is set at nine. Juice to the over for minus 130. Their um, playoff odds are even at minus 115, yes and no. And uh, their mm. best odds for MVP, uh, Kirk Cousins, do you like that? At plus 5,000. And uh, Dalvin Cook, um, everybody's uh, second favorite fantasy uh, running back this year um, in terms of ADP, plus 9,000. Um, 2021 additions. Uh, for them, big name here. Patrick Peterson comes over from mm-hmm. the Cardinals, um, starting cornerback now. Uh, Sheldon Richardson comes over from the Browns to so beef up that D-line. Another corner, uh, Bashad Breland, comes over from the Chiefs. And they beef up the defensive line again with David Tomlinson uh, from the Giants. So the defense is looking a little stout. They just uh, gave um, um, their starting safety. I'm blanking out on his name right now. If somebody can help me. Um, there you go, Harris. Harris, Harris. Harris um, a pretty big contract, good enough to be the second highest paid safety in the league. Yep. Um, their first round draft pick was a tackle from where was he? Virginia Tech. 
uh, Christian Derisaw. And then they did draft uh, Kellen Mond, if you're a Texas A&M fan. Uh, quarterback from A&M was their third-round draft pick. Um, key departures, uh, they lose Kyle Rudolph, their longtime tight end, finds themselves on, finds himself on the Giants. Um, excuse me. Um, their big, big storyline this year is can Kirk Cousins uh, bring them back to the playoffs? Uh, will, will the Vikings find themselves back there? They're usually a pretty, pretty competitive team uh, by all accounts. Uh, I, we were talking about the North and how it stands um, as a whole when we were talking about the Packers. And Ben, you were pretty low on on even the Vikings. Are, are you off the Vikings again this year? You, you don't like what you see at, in Minnesota? The, the one thing that did stick out to me was you talking about their record at home, three and five, and Minnesota, the Vikings are usually a team that's pretty good at home, but last year there was no fans in the stands. Yeah. So fans in the stands does help the Minnesota Vikings. I just don't like what I'm hearing out of the quarterback room and, you know, uh, Cousins' stance on, you know, taking the backs and not taking the backs. I don't want to get into specifics, but – the league is making it harder for players that are not doing it, bro. And at the quarterback position, their backup is Kellen Mond, fam. Like, they were trash all preseason because Kellen Mond was playing all the time. I think that they're a team that might be in the sweepstakes for Cam Newton, uh, maybe as a backup. I think that they, they could use a backup, but I don't like what I'm hearing out of the quarterback room. You know, we got the running back with the best player on the team, Cook, miss, guaranteed to miss three games a season because he's never played a whole season. I will give him some credit. They traded Stephon Diggs, and they got the house for him compared to what the Texans got for Hopkins. And then they went and hit a home run right away and draft Justin Jefferson to replace him. I mean, the, the trajectory on Justin Jefferson is top five receiver in a couple years. And he has the speed. He runs the routes. He's do it all. And then he's got old faithful Adam Thielen, who will steal some touchdowns because Kirk Cousins does love him some Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen seems to make some very tough catches uh, when nobody expects him to. So for the most part, I'm out on the Minnesota Vikings just based on, like what I said, I, I see Kirk Cousins being he, – fam, he said I'm willing to do whatever, you know, to make – well then, if what, think, if you're willing to do whatever, yeah, come on. Do you think there's like, any any friction there between him and the and the coach? I know the the coach. Probably the locker pretty, room as well. Friction. I think, I think that there might be a little bit, but Roland, they don't have anything to fall back on. So like 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 I said, Kellen Mond, fam. We're talking about a rookie quarterback, and Kellen Mond's not even that good. Like out of San Antonio, Texas A and M, you, you want to like the guy, yeah, but let's be sure. real. Let's be real. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's not. Do, do you think Kirk Cousins is one of the greater finessers of our generation? I mean, he, he <laughs> he's David. He's he's Carr from the from the Raiders, except with a better fucking agent. Is all I'll tell you. Like, I think that they're the exact same guy. They're not scared to air it out. They're gonna go out slinging it, but you can't really count on them. Yeah, he gave you the you like that. But let's be real. He was playing in that bum ass division, where you know you could win it. He ain't the NFC least. Yeah, the, yeah, the NFC least, more like it. Really. <laughs> um, but no, I'm out on the Vikings this year. Like I, I'm out, man. I'm out. What about you, Justin? You've been pretty quiet. What, what do you What do you like about the Vikings, if anything? 
No, I think they're the third place team of NFC North. A lot of the concerns that Ben voiced, I have as well. Just going to add on a little bit more to that, and that would be in the tight end room. You're losing Kyle Rudolph, and today it's, or yesterday it might have been announced, Irv, Irv Smith out for the season. I think that was going to be a big uh, factor for them. He was very reliable at Alabama. I thought he was going to be something now for the Vikings. With him out, I'm out. I don't think this is going to be it for them this year. Damn, he, just Irv Smith Jr. Irv Smith Jr. was a deciding factor, baby. Well, well, just because, you know, yeah, Cousins hits the tight end in the goal line area, and now you're removing that option. Just saying that that yeah. I said – because I said your concerns were my concerns, I'm just going to add on. Yeah, but so they have my plenty addition. of goal line options with Cook and Thielen and Jefferson. Yeah. Um, but but I, but I did preface that by saying your concerns were mine. Let me just yeah, add yeah, an yeah, extra. For sure. For sure. And, and just him. I didn't mention on Irv Smith, and you're right, except that I myself personally didn't have very high expectations for Irv Smith, but it was a big blow to their offense because it was a starting tight end. I agree with you there. Yeah, I, I, I have the Vikings pegged like right around their win total. Like I, I can see a route for them to get to the nine wins, possibly ten. And the, the only reason why I'm saying that, because I have them finishing the year second place. So I'm, I'm going to agree with Vegas at that plus 220 for them uh, being the second shortest odds to win the division. Um, and that over under nine is, I think, a good number for them. I think they're a solid team. All around, I, I don't think there's anything that pops off the table. I mean, off the paper, other than um, like we noted, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. They're I think those guys they, they give you a chance to to win some ball games, especially if Kirk Cousins just doesn't turn the ball over and be reckless like he kind of was last year. I think you're going to be in a lot of these games, and if I'm if I give them, you know, what Ben noted at the beginning of his breakdown that they're going to be stronger at home this year. I can see a route for them to get to nine to 10 wins. So it's not strong enough for me to bet on the, on the season win total, but I'm not that low on the Vikings. I, like, I have them at nine or 10 wins. Like, like Roland that Seattle and Cleveland back to back, you know, they, they have road games to start off the year at Cincinnati at Arizona, both honestly winnable games. Winnable games. Winnable yeah. Games. One and one at worst. And then you have Seattle at home and Cleveland at home. Two teams that are usually pretty, I mean, people have high expectations for, but I see one and one there as well. Like, I don't see them losing both of those games, and those are two teams that were in the playoffs last year, and the Vikings weren't in the playoffs last year. I could see them winning one of those two games. But, I, like I said, I, I expect them to have a hiccup with protocols sometime during their season, bro. I really do. And I guess we, we do have to take that into consideration. That's a good point, especially when you're starting quarterback. Um, it's, and you don't have a backup. Yeah, because the, the difference is if you are vaccinated, just, we're not going to get into it. If you are vaccinated and you have a contact with a player who tests positive or somebody who tests positive for COVID, if you test negative, you don't have to miss any time. You're good. You're good to go. You're good to go. But – if you're unvaccinated, even if you test negative, you still have to miss. Got to wait days. for the symptoms to show up, Roland. Yeah. Because you're not yep. vaxxed. They're trying so. to strong arm them. And, and it's not good when your quarterback is the guy taking the stance. Yeah. And you don't have a backup, man. It's just not good. Whether or not you agree with the whole, I guess, uh, strong arming or whatever the NFL is doing. 
that's neither here nor there. The I guess the rules are the rules, and it just benefits you to you know get the backs. But it does. Um, that's not what we're here to talk about. But but um, I do, you do have to take it into them. consideration. I do you, think yeah, it's going to affect. You, you do have to take it into consideration for sure. Um, and moving on, this this will wrap up the NFC North, and we'll get into a little bit of. We haven't talked about it for each team, but we will wrap it up at the end. A little NFC North. Um, fantasy outlook to, to see who's out there because they do have some notable names here in the north um, and that so back to the the breakdown it is the Detroit Lions that's who we're finishing off of or finishing off with excuse me uh, fourth place five and eleven one and seven at Ford Field four and four on the road one and five against the division miss the playoffs um, they lost their first five games and they lost their their last five games. A uh, little interesting stat: eight games uh, decided by a touchdown or less. Uh, they split in those games. They were four and four. Um, have to go over these odds. I think we might bet one of them, but these other ones are pretty much just for comedy. Plus fifteen thousand to win the Super Bowl. Plus five thousand to win the NFC Championship. Plus two thousand to win the North. Their over under is set at five, and it's actually juiced to the under uh, minus one thirty. The last that I checked. Um, to make the playoffs is plus 600. Yes. Minus 1000. No, a lot of juice on that. Um, Jared Goff is their best MVP, um, candidate, uh, from what I was able to find at plus 8,000. So if you believe in the former number one pick reviving his career in Detroit, throw a little funny money on, on him at plus 8,000. You're he, telling he might... me Panay Sewell can't win rookie of the year? The offensive lineman? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know if they count pancakes. Uh, they should. There are no pancakes that? Yeah, there, there should be, though. Hey, uh, pancakes only count at IHOP, bro. All right. <laughs> In the NFL, they don't give a damn about pancakes. Uh, 20, 2021 additions, uh, like we were just talking about earlier, uh, Jared Goff um, comes over from the Rams. He's going to be their starting quarterback. Um Michael Brockers, who was also, I believe, part of that trade for Matt Stafford, um, comes over also defensive lineman uh, from the Rams. Uh, wide receiver one this year for the, the Lions is uh, none other than Tyrell Williams. Uh, the wide receiver uh, comes over from the Raiders. Ben just mentioned him. Uh, their number one pick or their uh, round one, number seven overall pick, was Panay Sewell, uh, the offensive tackle from Oregon. People Not had him slotted pretty high. Not sexy, uh, but they're getting it right. They're building yeah. from the ground up. Building from the ground up. You, you got to win in the trenches first. Uh, key departures. We just mentioned his name a little bit earlier. It was Matt Stafford. Goes over to the Rams, part of that golf trade. Uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, he leaves. Former wide receiver one goes to the Giants. Marvin Jones, another receiver, goes over to the Jags. And probably the biggest departure is Matt Prater. Kicker goes over to the Cardinals, uh, Mr. Reliable for them. Um, guys, I'm not going to go too much into it other than I'm extremely low on the Lions. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Galladay and Jones both leave. Hawkinson. At Tyrell Williams as your wide receiver one. Hawkinson is potentially being your best receiving threat. Uh, Khalif Raymond, uh, wide receiver two. And Amon Ra St. Brown. I don't know that's properly pronounced, but the rookie receiver from USC is a uh, number three on the depth chart. So not a lot to look at on the perimeter. DeAndre Swift is already a little hobbled with that preseason groin. 
Yeah. I'm all out on the Lions. I don't like betting unders, but I have them at three and fourteen. I, I'm I'm on that under train. I have them picking towards the top of the draft again and getting another quarterback. And the crazy thing is, I mean, this is the same Lions team that was looking to go winless a couple years ago, right? Did they win one game or they did go winless? They're used to being trash, man. I mean, like, you can count on the Detroit Lions being trash since Barry left them. They've been trash. Calvin Johnson left them. Why do you think all these players retire so damn young from the Detroit Lions? We'd rather get out the damn sport than play with these bums. I agree with you, Roland. Under, under, under. It's going to be a lot of booing in Detroit. And the fans, are gonna, the malice at the Palace might be the malice at Ford Field if Jared Goff don't get his shit together. I'll tell you that. Oh, um, man. Their, uh, their coach, though, highlight. I didn't mention him. Dan bites Campbell. kneecaps. He bites yeah, kneecaps. He bites kneecaps. Justin, are you going to be biting any kneecaps with uh, their head coach this year? You know, I was looking at the Detroit Lions – before we started the podcast, and I was thinking, how can I attack this? How can I have a take, a proper take on this Detroit Lions team? Any way you attack, you're winning, Justin. Don't and, win. and honestly, I, I don't have one other than under, under, under. That's the only thing you can do with this team. You take away Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones, and what you bring back is just Jared Goff. It's a lot of takeaway for what you're getting back. Yeah. It's not an even trade for me. It's not e- equal. This is not a good situation. And Michael Brockers. They got Michael Brockers. You said three wins. I could see them winless. Honestly, I, I just have nothing for the Lions. I think they could go winless at this point. This if he's half Hawkins here, you're in a good situation fantasy-wise because that's probably where they're going to go to majority of the time. I mean, there's really nothing to say about the Detroit Lions. You have no hope if you're a Detroit Lions fan. I'm sorry. This will not be your year. Maybe four years from now. Let's go back over the face. What, what's yeah, crazy maybe. is like last year they drafted the corner out of Utah. This year they draft the left tackle. Like they don't even have shit to get it. Like you can't even go buy a fucking jersey if you're a Detroit Lions fan. <laughs> but like what what jersey are you going to get? Penny ain't nobody, nobody going to score touchdowns. Like Swift. And you're going to pull your groin on the way to the stadium. Shit. If you if you get a jersey, you're gonna have to get it with that uh, American Express or Visa that jersey forgiveness situation. Because you're not gonna keep this jersey for it's, long. It's bad, man. In the NFL, you gotta score points, and they just don't have the names to score points. I mean, no Galladay, no Matt, no Jones Jr. Like, come on, what, what do you, you got? Gotta, Jamal Williams. This is, this is and, and, and you know what? That was a good pickup. But Roland, this is the classic. Like, hey. Imagine this quarterback on that team, like a Matthew Stafford just going to waste with the Lions, and you say, yo, imagine if the Lions had this guy, and you just go and pick a, a quarterback that's on a shitty team but people think highly of, and that's exactly what happened in this trade. Yeah, they got two first-round picks to go along with Goff and Brockers or one first-round pick, but it, it's let's see who it works out for because if it doesn't work out for the Rams, and I know we have a lot – higher hopes for the ramp because we hold Stafford in a higher regard and they have the defense to fall back on. But this is a clear rebuild for the Detroit Lions. And they've shown it in the way that they've been drafting from the ground up. They're not going with the sexy picks, but they're going with, you know, the the building blocks of a football team. Clear, clear rebuild. And without further ado, I think this is our second bet for the podcast. Uh, We're going to take the under. 
Over, All the way under. under. Five, we're taking the under. There's a little juice on it, uh, minus 130 right now, but I would put a lot of money on that right now. I'm actually going to go run and do that on my phone here in a little bit. House payment. Uh, house payment, exactly. And you can put those bets in at Bet King Online using the WTBS promo code. This is who I'm fading in Survivor week one. Okay, there we go. We finally got to it. The San Francisco 49ers against the Detroit Lions, and I'm going to take the Niners. They play in a tough division. We talked about that being the best division in the NFC. So they're going to have a tough six games against division foes where I'm not going to want to touch them in Survivor Pool. But here they get a team that's going to have a top five pick in next year's draft and an obvious must-win game for the 49ers if you've got the Detroit Lions on the docket. Listen, when the Rams play the Lions, that's when I'm going to pick the Rams in Survivor. There's just going to be a couple of teams that I'm going to pick on throughout the year, and the Detroit Lions are the prime candidate. Them and the Texans. We went under four on the Texans. We're going under five on the Lions. These are two teams that we'll be picking in the top five next year. Write that down. Looking for some yep. quarterbacks for sure. Yep. And ben, I'm going to keep it with you. I know I said it before fantasy. I got to the Lions. We were talking about a little fantasy. Uh, what players in the, the North are you looking to walk away with um, in, uh, in your drafts? Honestly, Devontae Adams. Um, but if I'm picking at 10 in, in a 10-man draft, if I'm picking at the turn, I'm looking to possibly get a running back and the best wide receiver who I think is Adams just based on red zone looks, based on targets, everything. The chemistry is there. He is the guy. He's not the Tyreek Hill just bomb or, or bust. You know, Devontae Adams runs the whole route tree. He's got the chemistry. He's got an MVP quarterback. Devontae Adams is the number one wide receiver in fantasy football this season, just like he was last year. So if he hasn't been taken by the time I'm at maybe 9 or 10, where I don't want to take Chubb, I don't want to take Eckler maybe, I'll take him on the way back if number 10 doesn't decide to take him, I'll take Adams. Uh, I think the decision is between Adams and Kelsey in the first round, first receiver or tight end. After Zeke goes, after that, that thing of running backs goes, you're picking between Devontae Adams or Travis Kelsey. Who do you want? You know what I mean? And yeah. So Devontae Adams is a must-have, must-have. And I think that it's perfect if you're at 10 and everybody passed up on him, boom, you get your best receiver, and then you go and take whatever running back you want, or maybe you just pair him up with Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I like that's, that wide receiver, wide receiver pairing. Definitely who I'm trying to get. Number one priority in this division for me. Like I said, I'm not that big on Dalvin Cook. I don't know how you all feel about Dalvin Cook. Is Dalvin Cook, are you taking Kamara before Cook? Is Cook the second running back off the board for you all? Uh, he's probably number three behind Cook. And even if he was staring at me, I mean behind Kamara, excuse me. And if he was staring at me at three or four, I might go elsewhere um, other than wow. Cook just okay. because of that whole Zeke. injury concern. I would probably go Zeke at that number. I'm thinking about it. I'm pretty high on Zeke this year. Uh, and I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, so like, you really can't take too much. Homer, uh, Homer pick, you gotta take Homer it with pick. a grain of salt. But uh, yeah, what about you, Jess? Are, are you taking Cook if he's there for you at uh, the number three spot? Or at three, spot? I'll take him. Yeah. At two, will you take him? No, not at two. I had somebody, I saw somebody take him at number one in one of my drafts before McCaffrey. Wow. wow. Like, he is the more traditional running back, but like we said, never had a full season. Most goal line touches by running back, but yeah, no, I don't think I'll take him that high. One or two. And what about uh, Justin Jefferson? Would you be? Would any of you guys target him on the the back end of that second round? It looks where he's Ju going. 
Justin Jefferson or AJ Brown? Let's play this game. Justin Jefferson. Justin? Yeah. Tokayo? Tokayo? Tokayo. 100%. Right. Justin Jefferson or uh, Ridley? Damn, that one's close for me. I'll Ridley because he's part of Silver One. Yeah, probably. Well, you don't think Jefferson's a one? Well, just because Thielen's there. Well, yeah, I mean, Thielen, we're talk yeah. you were talking about Pitts like he was better than Thielen earlier because I just I wasn't sure. You know what I mean? I never said Pitts was better than Thielen. I never even made that, that reference. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sorry. Either. The potential. The potential. The potential. I'm sorry. I never made that reference. I know you didn't, but I'm saying you were speaking highly of Pitts. Pitts yeah, is there right. to take some looks away from Ridley, possibly. Yeah, but um, I mean, they lose all the. Oh, yeah, go on, go on. Next one. Okay, Hopkins or Jefferson? Shit, I'll go Hopkins. I'll go Hopkins still. Yeah, one more year of Hopkins. Just I like Kyler Murray. Hopkins. Okay, so I think that that maybe Jefferson is Jefferson is right under that Hopkins, Diggs, Hill, Ridley. But the trend is up on him. Yeah, the trend yeah. is definitely up on, on Justin Jefferson. And if he can – I mean, listen, it's going to be hard to repeat the stats that he had his rookie season. We're talking about record-breaking rookie season in yards and, I believe, receptions both. Um, like we said, he's a complete different dynamic of what Alan Th Adam Thielen brings you. I have no interest in Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen is a possession receiver. And, yes, like I said, he does get those goal line looks. But if you want that upside, if you I'm want that – You stream him, you know – Put him in well, when you're out. I I wouldn't draft him to be. Oh able to no, shoot not him. draft, not draft. Well, well, you're not going to get him in free agency. Adam Thielen is getting drafted in most drafts, but that's just a guy that I'm. He's not on my draft board. Period. Okay. You know, I like what Justin Jefferson's brings because he could take a slant sixty yards. Uh, he he has that explosiveness. So I am looking at Justin Jefferson out of this division. And I think the only other guy that I can think of that's notable and has a high ADP. Is uh, David Montgomery? Are any Chicago. of you guys looking to employ him as a, a running back? One maybe if you go wide receiver, wide receiver. That's if you go wide receiver, wide receiver. I think that that's a very viable number one. I mean, the the matchup week one obviously isn't ideal, but you can get through that. That's a weekly matchup against the Rams. Whatever. I think that Montgomery is a very viable, especially with Andy Dalton, a guy who's a checkdown artist, and they are going to be looking to run the ball before they pass the ball. So I, I like that second point, but I actually like him more with Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields opened the set up a lot more for for David Montgomery uh, than with Andy Dalton. Up with yeah, the whole offense exactly, and I, I like um, David Montgomery a lot more with Justin Fields. I'm high on Montgomery because I think he's a workhorse back. He's a do-it-all guy, a three-down back type guy. Um, but he definitely needs Justin Fields to come in because the only thing that scares me off of him is that the offense isn't going to be good, and you don't want a running back on a bad offense. Exactly. He is going in the third round of draft, so if you do go wide receiver, wide receiver, or possibly tight end wide receiver, you know maybe you take Kelsey and Diggs in the second round on the way back if you're at the back of the end of the draft. Or, or Kelsey and Hill, uh, you do have a chance of getting Montgomery in the third round as your running back one. Now, that's some Montgomery comparisons. Um, Montgomery or Chris Carson? Montgomery. Justin? Yeah, Montgomery. I actually drafted him as well. Montgomery or Mixon? Montgomery. Mixon. Mm -hmm. Okay. I go Mixon. Uh, and the last one that I'll give you is Montgomery or fuck. I thought I had a I thought I already had a name on the tip of my tongue, but I don't. Uh Montgomery or Kareem Hunt? 
Montgomery. Okay. Yeah, he's running back one. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think those are, I mean, the notable names in the NFC North. I don't think anybody's drafting Justin Fields. Are you an Allen Robinson fan? Me, myself? I like Robinson. I I'm like not Robinson. a fan at all. I'm not a fan at all. But it, it goes back to the whole of being on a crappy offense. It's just the only thing is um, no one else is going to compete for targets. Sneaky little name before we go because we're going to have to wrap up this podcast here uh, shortly. Justin's our pr- producer is going to have to leave us is – Mooney. I like Mooney as a sneaky little guy on the back end of your roster. He's going to be the wide receiver two for the the Bears. He was the only receiver that showed, other than Allen Robinson last year, that showed that he he was good. And Anthony Miller is no longer there. Anthony Miller shows over. Uh, Mooney's going to be pretty good at two, but again, let's get Justin Fields in there. Definitely Justin Fields. So then we'll wrap it up with, we're going under on the Detroit Lions, under five wins. Juice minus 130, and we are taking the Green Bay Packers. We're all going to be cheeseheads this season to win the division like they usually do. And to lose in the playoffs to the Cowboys. <laughs> Maybe Des will catch it this time. Des is going to catch it this time. time. All right, well, that all was right. it. for We talked yeah. about sports, and look out for the Sunday show. The next time we talk to you guys, football will have already started. So. Well, I think – do we have one division? I mean, we're not going to go to the Cowboys left. division? Yeah, we are. NFC, so yeah, we'll find some time to sneak them in there. We will. All right. Peace. 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 I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Yeah. Not a Smug. game. Not a game. Me. Bam, bam. Me, man. Not a game. What are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here.